Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, Faith Report, and this is Dr. Lee for America with my guest, Bruce McRae. And I will tell you more about his professional background in a moment. It's very interesting that the two of us are unique in bringing you this faith report. Neither of us are formally ordained Christian ministers, but we both have the unique honor and privilege to be descendants of those who came to this country escaping religious persecution for to be able to worship freely in their Christian faith. My ancestor arrived at Jamestown in 1608, and Bruce McRae's ancestor arrived at Plymouth, Massachusetts a few years later. We are direct descendants of those very earliest settlers on the shores of America coming from Europe, escaping the persecution of Christians across Europe, Christians and Jews. But it was the Christians who were called by God to leave their land and all that they knew and their homes and families to head across the ocean to the vast unknown of the ocean itself in these very tiny boats and also the unknown of the entire continent of North America. Obviously, they set out with great faith into this void that they faced, at least as they looked at it from the shores of England. And then we fast forward to the last three years of living under escalating rampant forces of, un, of evil unleashed on America and the world through the COVID pandemic, the suppression of treatment, the hospital death protocols, the experimentation on human beings with gene therapy agents that alter our bodies. And we have watched the church in America be silent in this assault of evil. And in fact, some churches have actually participated in it with drag queen shows for children and families in just unconscionable abandonment of true biblical principles. 
I've watched over my adult life, and I know that Bruce has as well, how the church in America seems to have gone missing in action compared to what we saw at the time of the first revolution in America, when it was the pastors in the pulpits who led their flocks to stand for God's gift of life and liberty. They were the leaders. The Black Robe Regiment is something that people are hearing more about today, thanks to the efforts of Reverend um, Bill Cook and others. And we know that history, those of us who've studied our accurate history, but we have seen the church, the mainstream churches, Protestant and Catholic, in the United States become more and more pawns of the government policies, government edicts, and carrying out government prescriptions for no politics from the pulpit. And I had a meme I used on social media a while back. I will mix politics and religion when politics is interfering with my freedom to worship my faith and my God. So that is where we are today. And we watch the hordes of the invaders on our borders lining up to invade America with the willing complicits of our government and the fact that our government is paying for the illegals to come into the U.S. illegally with benefits while they ignore the needs of American citizens, the homeless, the poor, and our veterans. It is shocking what's happening, and we are here as two lay people dedicated to scripture and to the message of Jesus Christ to share with you our thoughts and our insights that we hope will give all of you a sense of God's faithfulness and the fact that he keeps his promise even when it looks like we're headed towards the valley of the shadow of death as our country is being invaded across our borders. Bruce McRae, just as I have a professional career in medicine, Bruce McRae has a professional career in aviation that is spans over 55 years, including 32 years of military service, beginning as a combat pilot in Vietnam, 12 years in general aviation, flying more than 40 different light aircraft, nine years of international flag air carrier operations, both scheduled passenger and freight carriers. And he is now in his 22nd year as an FAA inspector and investigator serving public safety and a protected federal whistleblower who has filed suit against the FAA for government complicity in criminally negligent homicide. You heard him on our whistleblower report airing May 2nd, 2023. Now you will hear him in his role serving Jesus Christ as his savior 
which he has done since 1966, and he is working to serve the master in standing against the greatest medical crisis in history and the worst attempted genocide on mankind in all of known history. I welcome Bruce McRae, and it is my honor to have him back on the show. Dr. Lee, it's a great privilege for me to be with you, and uh, I'm humbled by your introduction. And um, I want to just clarify one point for those listening. We are in the process of trying to move towards formal suit here. I have done um, DOT IG filings twice and across the FAA as well. That is a matter for another day. But tonight we're here to discuss matters that involve where are we spiritually, strategically in God's eternal plan over all the universe, over all mankind, over all the worlds, and over what goes from now forward. And as we all know, if we look at just the physical landscape, we see a, an unmitigated disaster currently, especially in the United States, but also around the entire world because this genocide was uh, hoisted upon all of mankind. And there's a lot of different complicated reasons involved with it. But tonight, the, the intent here is I'm, I'm going to give you, and, and Dr. Lee and I will be discussing some of the vision I believe God has developed in me and with me over these years. And so I'd like to begin first just by asking the Lord's leading tonight. And Father, we do seek you. Both Dr. Lee and I are standing on the shoulders of people who historically founded this nation, who were believers in you, Lord, who gave their lives in pursuit of freedom of worship, which is why we're able to do this this evening. This goes all the way back directly, indirectly, every other way possible. It goes back to those people. And of course, when Israel was founded and the covenant made with Abraham, the enemy immediately in rage came against all things Israel, which he has done constantly ever since. It's not that he's real smart. He's just real, real old. And don't forget, folks, he can only geographically be in one place at a time. He can't be everywhere like the Holy Ghost can be and like God can loose all the heavenly hopes. So there are some, some ways to get our minds transformed by the renewal in the living word of God. There are ways to set our hearts on things above and not on this earth. And so, Lord, we ask for your direction tonight. Holy Comforter, you've promised that you will guide us into all truth. That's what we're seeking tonight. And you know that if we are your disciples, indeed, we will continue in your word. And as we continue in your word, the truth shall make us free. That's the interrelationship there of those. And so the Lord begins his overarching view on all of mankind and the world we're in today with the statement that was so momentously made to Nicodemus in John 3, back when he snuck by night to ask Jesus questions about his role in the earth. And Nicodemus was confused. And he told him to start with, I know you're a teacher sent from God. And of course, that was only 
an, an infinitesimal part of what Jesus came for. But it's at the end of this discussion where we learn the following, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, here is my common sense military background view of what part of what God is trying to tell us here. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How important, how significant is that sacrifice? My opinion is there are not enough trillions of trillions of trillions of stars in all the universe to be anything more than a drop in the bucket of the price of what Jesus paid for all of us on the cross. And in my belief, which he would have done for any single one of us, if we were the only person alive and we were the sinner involved in this plot. And so you're left with a question out of that value that Jesus paid for. What is the price of a human life? And I believe the price of a human life comes down to this, which is maybe the greatest governmental statement, biblical Christ-centered statement of all eternity, and that is that all mankind is created equal. Our equality rests in the eternal, unmatchable, beyond words, beyond imagination, power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And in line with that, we are endowed by our creator. Nobody's endowed by government. Nobody's endowed by anybody on this earth. We're endowed by God Almighty. In fact, only the Holy Spirit of God breathes life into a human being. And that breathing begins at conception. And that conception is ordained prior to the conception. It's not actually the intimate relationship of a man and woman that causes a baby to be conceived. It is the breath of God. And a good example of this is in Genesis 18, when Isaac is pouring out his heart before the Lord and asking him to give Rebecca a child. Uh, she has been barren. And so the Lord does act on his behalf. Uh, but there's another issue involved with this. And this is this goes to Psalm 86, 9. Nine, the Lord God made the nations. And going back to that reference to Rebecca, as he gives her this proclamation, he also tells her, Two nations are in your womb. Nations are not caused by mankind, nations are caused by God. And the ultimate statement he makes about that, uh, in some ways, is in Acts 17 24 to 26 where he says, we are one blood from whom come all people. And speaking of the nations, he says, God has determined the nation's pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Once again, we see the enemy involved in this time in the most aggressive way, maybe in all history, on a, on a, on a single sovereign nation, national border, and that's the border of the United States. Now, he's been doing that for several years in Europe, trying to bring down all those borders. 
because the enemy understands nations are formed by God. As we discuss this this evening, I have three parts of it as it's developed to this point. There's a portion we'll talk about America's covenant history. There's a portion we'll discuss the scriptures that, that support the concept of this covenant nation. And there's a portion that talks about American intercessors standing for covenant destiny fulfillment by America. And kind of in line with that, you'll notice I, if, if, if I'm on the visual, and, and if I'm not on visual, it doesn't matter. I have a special hat on tonight, which has a unique flag that was designed by George Washington as he came under the understanding of this covenant nation. It's, it's the appeal to heaven flag. Our founders knew nothing but God Almighty would win this battle with the most powerful nation on the earth. And the appeal to heaven flag has a very detailed spiritual history associated with it, but they flew it on every colonial uh, ship during the war, and it was carried into many of the land battles by the colonial troops. So we're looking at the faith portion of how many have been called to stand for this covenant destiny today. We're, we're going to talk about the scriptural basis for considering that America is involved in this covenant, and then also the history of where the covenant relationship with America stands and where it came from. Uh, Dr. Lee, would you like to add anything at this point? No, I think that's critically important, and particularly to help our listeners uh, throughout this radio program understand that America is a covenant nation. Israel was God's covenant nation, and God led our founders to this land to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ when they were being persecuted throughout Europe. And our founders made covenants with God. For example, on the shores of my own home state of Virginia, Cape Henry, Virginia, in 1607, Reverend Robert Hunt led the first 104 colonists landing at Cape Henry to declare in the covenant with God, quote, we hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up godly generations after us and with these generations to take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain unto all generations as long as this earth remains. Quote. And that is where America began. Revisionist historians be damned. They are yes. wrong. Yes. And this is God's truth that you and I, on behalf of our ancestors who stood on these shores at the beginning, we are bringing forward as God has called us to do. Yes. Yes. When we are not formally trained ministers, and I really want to make that point, 
because both of us come out of other professional training and careers. We are standing here bringing you the word that God has called us to share with you. So one part of that is this issue of nation. And in focusing on nation, I want to take us to God's overall perspective at the end game of this. And the end game comes to us from Revelation 5. And if you look at the way Revelation begins, John is is ordained to speak about what has been, what is, and what will be. And what has been is a vision of the throne and what, what is happening there in Revelation 1. Then we get into the letters to the churches. And there are various issues going on with the letters to the churches. But when those letters are concluded, we go to the throne room in Revelation 4. And in, in Revelation 4, they're crying out for who is worthy to take the scroll from, from the Lord God, God Almighty's hands. And there's a period where they're, they're crying out, they can't find anybody worthy. And ultimately, the Lamb of God takes the scroll, and we come into a period of worship there that goes into Revelation 5. And during the Revelation 5 portion, and it's talked, uh, talking about a throne of ten thousands of ten thousands of ten thousands. And in the worship, they cry out and have redeemed us to God by your blood. So it's us worshiping Jesus at this point and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Now, a nation may have a tongue. It may have more than one tongue. India has many tongues. Indonesia has, I think, thousands of tongues. A tribe may be part of a nation, but a nation is not a tribe. A tribe is not a people necessarily. A tongue is not a people or nation. These are legal scriptural terms that the Lord uses here. That's the basis I'm coming at this from. And the point about this is, and we're looking, we're looking at how the scripture has been conducting the history of all mankind. When we're finally before the Lord on that day, and this will be after the Lord Jesus appears in the air in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, where the dead in Christ rise first, then we who are alive and remain are caught up together with them in the clouds. It is his first appearing, which is a silent, other than the believers, appearing, where we are taken from the earth. And then it, what follows is, as God never walks away from covenant, he then brings Israel to the fulfillment of the original covenant, which was for them to take the gospel of the kingdom of God to all the earth. And part of what happens there is they go into a great, uh, terrible mourning. And every nation is represented, every tongue, every people, and every tribe. Now, in the early 1900s, there were thousands and thousands of tribes with no written language, no alphabet, no scriptures, no written anything. 
1917, a man named Cameron Townsend discovered a tribe, I believe it was in Guatemala, uh, in this condition. He came in alignment with this verse in Revelation 5.9 and realized whether, whether through the scripture or otherwise, they had to have the scriptures in their tongue and they had to hear about Jesus. So he spent 17 years translating and bringing the scriptures to these people. And then out of that grew a group called Wycliffe Bible Translators who have international linguists. They had a goal originally of every tribe by 2125, which in 1999, due to high technological changes, was reset to 2025. I don't know how close they are to on track with that, but the reality is there are at least two to 300 more tribes that still do not have linguists working to bring the scriptures to them. The point being this, the truth of where we are in the time of the Gentiles in the age of grace is that before the close of this time, there will be people from every nation, there will be every people from every tribe, every tongue. Uh, and that will bring the close of the age. The very last Gentile soul that is to be saved in this time, when it's complete, I believe that's when Jesus will appear in the air. Come back to this foundation of God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's no billions of dollars that can come close to what that was. There's no amount of anything that can compare with what Jesus did. And so there is nothing short of that God will stop at to complete his work. America today is still 80% of the support and the thrust of mission work around the world. We're in the battle of all battles of eternity. You don't take your biggest producing divisions of troops out but you do deal with the satanic demonic sin that's going on in it. And the urgency of this goes back to these shots because frankly, there's probably over a billion people right now, 2 billion easily that if they don't get help for what the damages are that have been done to them by the shots, they're going to be gone within the next few years. That's well, I think you're right shots. medically Bruce and then that brings us, before we go to break, the key point that I think you're leading up to, that God in his mercy wants as many souls as possible to hear yes. the message of Christ before yes. they die. And we're having sudden deaths happen all around us in young, healthy people as a result of the shots. So I think people who've gotten the shots are a walking time bomb with their body deteriorating. And they don't even really know it's happening because their doctors are not doing the monitoring that needs to be done. Things I do for my own patients that are just not being done. So it's really quite alarming. And I, I think you bring a really important point that in God's mercy, he is accelerating the time frame with the urgency of us reaching people. We'll be back after the break with more of this very 
insightful discussion on what may really be unfolding with God's strategic plan, that perhaps when you're in the middle of the turmoil we're facing in America and the invasion on our borders, you're not looking at the bigger strategic plan from God's perspective and from the spiritual perspective. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Faith Report, and we'll be right back after the break. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, and listen to us on America Out Loud Talk Radio and at whistleblowerreports.org with our also Cloud Hub and Rumble channels. We'll be right back. The family of Juliana Parker would sincerely like to thank the Truth for Health Foundation. Without their help and support, we never could have gotten our mother out of the hospital and into our home so that we could be with her for the last week of her life. They gave us the strength, the courage, the knowledge, the list of things that we needed to do in order to prepare for that. And they were there at a critical moment when it came to moving her out. Welcome to the second half of the Faith Report. This is Dr. Lee for America back with our aviation specialist, but prayer leader, Bruce McGray, who is sharing with us his perspective that he felt led to bring to our listeners and the world with an understanding of how he views the scriptural framework of God's strategic plan and how it fits with the events of today that we're watching unfold. So go ahead, Bruce, you were talking in the first half about America's covenant history and some of the um, scriptural support of that. I would just like to make one comment that I have seen America as God's covenant nation to minister to the Gentiles. And Israel was God's covenant nation with the Jewish people. But America was really founded by Gentiles ministering and spreading the gospel to Gentiles, which was the expansion of the gospel in the New Testament. So, just to make that additional connection with what you were saying. Yeah. And I know you wanted to talk about the scripture support of the covenant nation, and you have several other aspects that you wanted our listeners to understand better tonight. So, yes, go ahead. So just to set the, the Israel covenant straight on this, the problem was they never did do exactly what God had called them to do. And one of the key verses is Isaiah 49, 6. Indeed, he says, and this is Holy Spirit speaking to Jesus. If you read all of Isaiah 49, there is no question, but that this is dealing with Jesus. And indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. Let me give all you believers a little bit of background that may help you here with this. Jesus had just announced he was, he was brought to restore Jacob and to bring back Israel to the Lord. And his strength had failed. He felt like everything he did was in vain, but God was his resource, and he trusted in God. And then God deals with the same kind of problem many of us 
are so fatigued over today. And he tells him, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I all will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. And so like any other human being, because Jesus accepted a human mind, which he had to grow up in, he had to mature in, he had to learn in. God here blows the lid off of his vision. And our hope tonight is, is we can blow the lid off of some of your, you all's visions. So Jesus, on the Monday after he rode in on Palm Sunday, and he knows how many days he's got. He knows what hour he has to be dead on Thursday. And it's Thursday because he was in the tomb three days, three full days and three full nights. As he explains, just like Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. And as he is pulling down the Pharisees' anger and plot to kill him around his shoulders, he says this to them. And this is as he's setting up the worst things ever said to de demonic religious power brokers. Therefore, in Matthew 21, 42 and 43, please make a note of this. Therefore, <clears throat> I am saying to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you. And that means Israel, the nation, not a people, not a tongue, not a tribe. The gospel of the kingdom of God was given to Israel and given to a nation bearing the fruits thereof. This is a legal statement brought down from the courts of heaven. The legal situation is this. There will be a nation that replaces you that will bear the fruits thereof. Since at least 1800, that nation has been America. Yes, America is in the scriptures. It is this nation of what Jesus speaks. Now, there are other scriptures here in the scriptural, scriptural support for America being called to this. But that gives you some idea of the background of how I've come to this conclusion, how others like Dr. Lee and myself have come to this conclusion. And now I want to address a few more things from America's history. Very interesting, when Columbus left Spain in 1492. Two, two things I want to share about this. From his journal, he makes this statement. There is no question that the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit because he comforted me with rays of marvelous illumination from the Holy Scriptures. And what's interesting about this is if anybody in those ages had read the Scripture, they would know that the earth moves in an orbit. They'd know that the sun is moving in an orbit. It's clear from uh, both Psalms, and I believe it's in Isaiah as well, that, that we are on planets that orbit and that there are scientific issues that are addressed in a way in the scriptures. But you see, the scriptures got locked up in the Middle Ages. The truth of God is what brings real freedom. Then we had what Robert Hunt and the settlers declared at Cape Henry in 1607. But preceding that, the French Huguenots had already been martyred in northern Florida, coming from Europe, again, seeking 
uh, freedom of worship. The next part of this happens in the winter of 1777 at Valley Forge, and I'm going to give you just a brief overview of that. You can get the vision of George Washington online. There's an audio of it. You can get copies of the entire vision of the angelic presence that came to him, who describes three great conflicts in the history of America. And the first one was the Revolutionary War. The next one was the Civil War. The last one is the great struggle we're in today. And the angel concludes that conversation with George Washington, telling him that America will finish its gospel destiny to all the nations. The next point we have that I mentioned earlier is the founders and the greatest governmental Christ-centered scriptural truth ever proclaimed, that all mankind is created equal and we are endowed by our creator. Now, this has gotten really messed up in a way that, that the enemy pacified and really shut down most of the work of the church in America. And where we got myopic and where we got off course and we decided to be comfortable and go home to watch the NFL on the afternoon and Sunday and all the rest of these idolatrous pursuits that we have was, was by this confusion. We, we myopically centered on preaching the gospel to every creature. We didn't even pay attention to the rest of that passage, which has six signs and wonders and miracles that will accompany believers. Now, that's not Matthew commentary that made that statement. That is Jesus himself speaking with the disciples before he ascended. He didn't say some believers or most believers. Those six signs and wonders and miracles are to accompany all believers. Furthermore, in Matthew 28 is where he makes the absolute cataclysmic statement that we are to disciple all nations. And more importantly, in putting this in the context of who we really are, the word used in Matthew 16 when he says, upon this rock I will build my ecclesia. The ecclesia was a Roman government put in place everywhere that they conquered to bring in the full Roman culture, the Roman laws, the Roman entertainment, the Roman education, the Roman protection, all these seven key areas of culture that we see all throughout the scriptures that God is developing in Israel as they're in the desert, getting ready to go into the land. He is preparing them to do all that work in Israel. We've lost all that part of the gospel in our focus. I believe in my way, in my FAA whistleblower blower role, I am standing up for the kingdom of God against this onslaught of death and destruction being wrought by these shots with an FAA mandated to uphold public safety, sitting on the sidelines and saying, oh, the shots are fine. That's one aspect of discipling nations. But the interesting thing is, I was raised up by men who trusted God to disciple the nations through the Air Force Academy. And I am one of several in my class, followed by hundreds in a few classes behind us, over the years followed by thousands going out to the nations from that school. If we get the focus on discipling the nations, things will change drastically in our lives. So the founders then 
And this is the proof of, of, of the critical importance of all of this. At the end of the declaration, they put us under nature's law and nature's God. And Smith's commentary, at least still in 1932, was starting out with the truth that we check divine law first, we check law of nature next. If we're in contradiction to either of those, we go back to the drawing board. We make no law based on evil. Laws are only to be based on the law of God, the scriptures, the, uh, the wisdoms of God, the, the, the advice of God, the statutes of the Lord. And that's how we were founded. If you don't think this is a covenant, about four years later, nine had lost their lives who signed that document. 17 of them had lost everything they owned. 12 of them lost one or more children. Sam Adams, in a solemn statement when he finished signing that day, made this unbelievable insight about sovereignty of God. We have this day restored the sovereign to whom alone men ought to be obedient. He reigns in heaven, and from the rising to the setting sun, may his kingdom come. Sam Adams covered us today, proclaiming, from the rising to the setting sun, may his kingdom come. We are bringing his kingdom. We are his arms, his hands, his feet. We are part of the rod of iron by which he is ruling in the nations. And, you know, Sam Adams also made the observation, which I think we both hold very dear today, that a constitutional republic form of government was meant as a form of government for a moral people. Yes. Obviously, we see today exactly what happens when immoral, unethical people who are not following the biblical principles and rule of law that comes from biblical principles, when they unleash their power over us and we have a lawless government. We no yeah. longer have a constitutional republic. We have mob rule democracy. Yes. Well, and that is, this is the consequence of it. More importantly, Dr. Lee, I, I believe the, the evil is, is not centered in most of America. It's centered in the federal agencies. It's, settle, set, it's centered in this perversion of the constitutional republic that goes all the way back to a forming of a corporation in 1871, things associated with that, the establishment of the IRS, the Federal Reserve, uh, income tax in, in, in 1913. The, the, the scriptural governmental republic has been under attack all the way down the line. And when, maybe when, one of the worst ones was removing the 17th Amendment, which required senators to be appointed by the state legislatures. You put that back at the state legislature level, now you can't have moneyed interests manipulating all the senatorial elections nationwide. It's too big of a problem with all the states. And 
it gives power back to the states in, in that the Senate is not going to be controlled by any other people than their local state through their state representatives. There's so many things like that that come to play. But the good news is this. We're in the greatest harvest of all human history. We have more people martyred for the name of Jesus Christ in the last 125 years than all the rest of human history. We're under the greatest physical attack against humankind. We're in a similar attack of Nephilim-type actions that led to the flood to begin with, that led to the Tower of Babel. And we have more souls at stake, multiples more than at any other time. God will not let this go. He will not let this go. He will humiliate this government. He will bring down this evil. If the ecclesia, and we are standing, thousands and thousands, millions of us are standing. Every single way we can with our school boards at your local level. This is where it, where it begins. But it begins when you walk in the conviction that we are fulfilling God's call on America, we're bringing back the righteous foundation. There is only male and female. There is one man for one woman. Marriage is a sacrament of God. It's not a contract that we do for a couple of years. And then if we're tired of it, we punt. On and on it goes, the sanctity of human life. You, under, you must understand, we began June 24 last year to turn the principalities and powers in the physical realm. The people for over 50 years were interceding for, marching in Washington, marching in their states, marching under the direction of God Almighty, because all life is sacred. So we have begun the pushback. Well, no wonder they're so angry. No wonder they're doing so many distractions and trying so many different ways to get us off the subject of this core of unbelievable, horrific evil that runs through all the federal agencies at levels that many of us hope we'll never have to repeat to another human being, to another living human being. That's what well, we're up it, against it, here, force, but, but folks, but but God is 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 preventing. Go ahead, Doctor. In a, in definitely just to carry on what you're saying, under the Biden administration, Todd Callender and his legal researcher have not found a single federal official yes. in the cabinet Amen. with a valid oath of office. Amen. So they, they are, they don't even have the authority to do what they're doing, which is another reason they are so lawlessly out of control, opening our borders and just running roughshod over the American people. Yes. Well, talk to us in the time we have remaining today Talk with, with us about the American intercessors who are standing for the covenant destiny fulfillment by America. I'd like for our listeners to know more about that and know how, if they are intercessory prayer warriors, how they can participate. Okay, um, to give you kind of a focus uh, that comes out of that group, if you just do the simple battlefield math, we literally are looking at a minimum of three to five years. Uh, if we know all the tribes now in the world, we, we're always discovering new tribes, but we're, we're in three to five years away from actually being able to get linguists to every tribe, 
that's several more years to get the scriptures to be able to fulfill Revelation 5.9. It will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. The intercessors are standing saying, Lord God, we know this is done. We know America has, has at its core the remnant who are committed to discipling all the nations and to preach the gospel to every creature, to fulfill the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, those folks include intercessors for America, sometimes referred to as IFA. goes back to Catherine Marshall's prayer ministry in the 1950s and probably earlier when she and Peter Marshall came to Washington, D.C. There's another very large group nationally, Heartland Apostolic Prayer Network. And it comes out of Church on the Rock in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. You can go to www.cotr.tv, like television. That's cotr.tv. And you can look for HAPN. First of all, you click on ministries. When you get down to ministries, you click on HAPN. I'm sorry, Heartland Apostolic Prayer Network. Then you go to your state. You get in contact by email with your state uh, prayer leader. There is Clay Nash at claynash.org. There is Chuck Pierce Ministries in Texas. Uh, one of the ones that I participate in is called Give Him 15. You can go to givehim, no caps, 15.com every day. There's 15 minutes of focused worldwide prayer. There are at least 10 million Mandarin Chinese speaking ministers and home churches in China who receive this word every day. There are literally millions and millions around the earth praying uh, in association with that group. I'd, uh, one other that is a, a, a bit more probably uh, locally focused is Mothers on the Rock, which has had huge influence in my life. Uh, you can find them online as well. And they're out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. And they pray at Mary Washington's Meditation Rock, where she prayed for George, her son, during the Revolutionary War. That's very helpful. And we, if you will, send me those, that list. We will put it in the show notes. This, this will be very helpful for our listeners. Well, I hope this stimulates folks to go back to God's word and start to ask him for supernatural perspective on where we are. The men of Issachar understood the times. We have too many complacent at some level, especially in ministry these days in our country, who really don't understand the times we're in. One of the first presentations I did internationally on the whole shots mess, towards the end of it, one of the most connected doctors in the world made a comment, kind of an offhanded comment. Well, India has figured out this mess. Africa has figured out this mess. What is wrong with the rest of the world? Exactly right. And in fact, um, we know that the goal was to undermine the health and the population density of the Western civilized countries built on 
Judeo-Christian values. Yes. Yeah. So it was by design, the plan was by design to go yeah. after those countries built on Judeo-Christian principles first. Are there other thoughts that you would like to leave our listeners in the time remaining? We have about two minutes, do we? Are we about two minutes out? Uh, I would like to finish up, Doctor, just by praying over this and praying over everybody listening tonight. And so, Father, we, we come to you again, and we thank you that you are among us this evening, where two are gathered together in your name. You, Lord Jesus, are in our midst. You know the oneness of spirit and heart and mind that you've given many of us, like Dr. Lee and myself and others, because we are all called in this great effort to win the last greatest harvest of all humankind. Father, I'd ask that people would search the scriptures the way that those in Berea did, that they would seriously seek you, that they would fast and pray however you lead them to, that you would bring them to the truth about what each one of us is supposed to be doing right now. My little part in this involves inside a federal agency standing up against what is absolutely evil and false and completely full of lies. We bring this darkness into the light and the light shining on it causes the evil to collapse. That's part of how this works. And so, Lord, we ask for your hand on everyone. We ask for you to speak to each one about what they are to do in their town, in their county, in their state, in this nation. Lord, this is your calling. This is your battle. We thank you that it is in your hands and you have chosen for us to partner in this with you. Just like you, you've done with the gospel so far, nobody can get the gospel except from another living human being. I would not be here tonight, Father, if you had not made my friend Dave start to share Jesus with me. So every one of us has a responsibility here. Every one of us has a call. And we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Beautifully said, Bruce. Thank you so much for bringing these very insightful and scripturally based insights for our listeners and for all of us to really think about in a new way all that we're facing, that God is in control, that our lives are in his hands, and that our job is to do as he calls, be active in our communities, speak out to share the gospel, turn back to scripture, turn back to prayer, and humble ourselves, repent of sins, and ask the Lord to heal our land. Yes, Lord. And for all of us to stand against evil. Amen. If we remain silent, evil prevails. Yes. So, America, this is the time. Raise your hand, raise your voice, raise your prayers, and stand against the wiles of the devil. And we will be back with more Faith Reports and our whole series of Whistleblower Reports 
every day, Monday through Friday, on the whistleblowerreports.org and America Out Loud Talk Radio. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, and join our crusade of the voiceless who are silent no more. We are here to join together to reestablish God's covenant nation of the United States of America as one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. 